What is that? It's like a squirrel with a unicorn head on it. Gifts for teens. It's only 40 bucks. I'm confused. We're recording right now, by the way. What? But like for like an actual squirrel or, or does it come with the squirrel? Unicorn squirrel feeder. <laughs> Why is the internet so weird? Hey guys, I'm C. I'm Key. And welcome to Girls, Girls Ghosts, and Ghouls. Ghouls. We're on episode number four. And yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting week. Why has it been an interesting week, Kira? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So I'm being haunted. Pretty sure at least. Because, so, if anyone listened to our last episode, you may have heard what happened at the end of the episode, where all of our... We died. We're still alive. We did not. We are talking to you from beyond the grave. The ultimate ghost podcast. Oh, snap. No, that's not what happened. But all of our audio equipment went uh, crazy, and this mysterious sound appeared while we were recording and freaked us out. Then when I tried to go back and edit it shortly after, the same thing was happening. That weird sound was appearing on all of the recording. So I was like, I'm taking a break from this. And then I went back the next day and there was nothing. Uh, You can still hear our audio equipment screw up at the end, but the weird sound that freaked us out in the first place was totally gone. So that freaked us out. Second... I thought, you know, after that happened, it would be a fun idea to download the Ghost Radar app because I've seen some people using it and thought, you know, why the hell not? But that might have been a bad idea because I was using it in my bedroom in my apartment and there was some ghostage happening there, some ghost speakage. They were saying some things, some words were coming through. I don't know. Anyway, so I was like, well, that's interesting. Then I left to go shopping, and when I pulled up my car, I had my, like, auxiliary cable plugged into my phone. My auxiliary? My auxiliary cable. aux cord. My aux cord. Whatever. Plugged into Mm -hmm. my phone listening to, uh, and that's why we drink, actually, (laughs) is what I was listening to. Uh, But I shut that off and, like, turned everything off. I unplugged my phone from the cable, but I left the cable plugged in, and, you know, like, when there's nothing playing, there's kind of that staticky noise so that was what was happening and I was just sitting there kind of checking everything on my phone and I swear to god through the static I heard not once get out but twice someone say get out and I was I got out of my car and I freaked the fuck out but uh yeah so I mean I may have summoned a ghost and I think it might be following me but uh, that aside, <laughs> it's been a great week. Not really. Otherwise, everything's fine. Otherwise, other than being haunted and possibly needing an exorcism. Just kidding. Not possessed. Uh, yeah, so that's what happened. Anything spooky happen to you, Keelan, other than the tent situation? No. No, well, that's good. So it's just me then. I still have bruises, but... Yeah, but you always have bruises. You are like a peach. You bruise easily. Today, we are covering 
what? That place in Ottawa. That place in Ottawa that I Which have... Which is in Canada. In Canada. But it's not, this is not our local episode. This is just in Canada. And it's cool because I've actually been here. So... I haven't. She hasn't. She won't go, probably. Mm. I should have convinced you to go without telling you that it was haunted. But still. Anyways, the place that we're going is... Or going. We're not going. I've already been. <laughs> place we're talking about is the Ottawa Jail Hostel in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, which is the capital of Canada. Uh, It used to be called the Carleton County Jail, and other people now refer to it as the Nicholas Street Jail because it is on what? What? (laughs) It's a jail. On... Nicholas, Nicholas Street. Street. Yeah, I didn't know that. You weren't listening. I just said they call it the Nicholas Street Jail because, and then you didn't answer. It's fine. Whatever. So, yeah, this is called one of, if not the most haunted building in Canada, which, you know, makes sense. It's an old Canada. school jail. Canada. It was constructed between 1860 and 1862 in Ottawa. <laughs> Makes sense. So it opened in uh, 1862, and it was considered really, like, state-of-the-art at the time, and they called it a very spacious and airy building to replace the wretched and poisonous basement where they were keeping criminals uh, nearby, which I think was, like, the basement of the police building or a, a government building. It wasn't a legit jail. It was basically a basement with a bunch of cells. So they were like, no, no, no. We need a legit state-of-the-art jail. (laughs) But the thing is, when they said it was, like, the most state-of-the-art and modern, it didn't mean, like, luxurious. They meant, like, it was the best place to torture people, basically. You know, as they did in those times. So it replaced the old jail, which had been there for 20 years, and then this one served as a jail up until... 1972 so over a hundred years people were staying here it's a really big um stone building with a lot of floors and a basement uh it kind of like when you first drive by it kind of looks abandoned now it's got vines growing all over it and especially in the winter like the vines are dead there's nothing on them so it just looks really like ominous and creepy but it it is not the best kind abandoned people pay to stay there now which you know that's fun so it's got uh, four floors, where like four cell floors, and then the basement. Which now, um, the basement, when you go and you stay there, the basement's like the common room where you can go read books, watch TV, whatever. And then it's attached to a separate room, which is now a bar that they've called Mugshots. And in the morning, because you get your breakfast with your hostel or whatever, you go down there and that's where you eat breakfast. And then at night, uh, it opens up and it's a bar. Uh, the week that I stayed there, they were doing hip hop karaoke, which you'd think would be fun, except there's no like air conditioning or anything in this building because it's so old. So they had all the windows open to get air in. And I was literally like laying in my cell bed, listening to people butcher hip hop karaoke until two in the morning. And I was like, what is happening right now? I mean, I guess that's better than having to deal with. A ghost. True. You know? 
<sighs> yeah. Anyways, so it was a jail for over a hundred years. Um, it housed prisoners that included men, women, and children. Uh, their worst offenders would be starved because they only served food once a day. So you didn't get like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You was got it like, like high security. I mean, yeah, you didn't. You weren't allowed to leave your cell. There was not like no like yard time or anything like that. It was like what? you were in your cell. How are you going to get your exercise? <laughs> that's not a thing that they were concerned about. Like literally, you were in your cell and they only served you food once a day. And if you were like a really bad like worst offender, like I don't know what that qualified in the eighteen hundreds. Like like you stole some bread one time and <laughs> now we're never feeding you again. But if you killed someone, don't worry, you'll still get your square meal. That makes sense. That's yeah, fair. That's fair. Uh, so they would starve them and they wouldn't give them their one meal a day. Um, most of the women and children that were in prison there, though, weren't like r- real criminals. They were kind of criminals. They were just from poor families and like, they'd either stolen something or they couldn't pay their debts because they borrowed so much to like feed their family or clothe them or whatever. And sometimes they would put, like, an entire family in the jail together and just, like, keep them in a cell. Uh, they weren't really given things to do. Like, you know, in jail now, they have, like, jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, license plate making. I don't know if that's a thing in Canada, but I've seen that. License plate making? You know, like, in Orange and the New Black, they make, like, underwear and lamps and stuff? Okay. Yeah, like, a lot of, some places they make license plates. <laughs> Like yeah. the license plates we put on our cars. Yeah, Prison- yeah I know what license plates no, are. No, but prisoners are making those. I mean, I don't know if they're making ours, but just in general. Anyway, like basically you were in your tiny cell and sometimes if you weren't like a terrible criminal, they would shut down the whole cell block and you could walk up and down in like the hallway. But that was only like a really like, that was more lenient of them. Otherwise you were in your cell basically the whole time. Uh, they had no heat, no electricity, no ventilation other than the windows, which are totally barred, but you can open them from like the inside, but, so you can't get out of them, but you can o- open them. And they had no toilets because, I don't know, 1862. Toilets are overrated. Yeah, so I don't really know. Like, where did they go to the bathroom? The corner, probably. The floor. The floor. Gross. Oh, did they make them live in their own feces? Probably. No, you, p- you pick a corner. <laughs> Everyone go in this corner. By the door. <laughs> Pee on the guard. <laughs> And then get no, and then you get tortured. <laughs> yeah. God, no. no. Anyway, surprisingly, this prison remained open that way, like literally that way, until 1972. It got switched to a hostel where you could pay to stay there only two years later. So 1974. 1974, and they obviously couldn't have done a lot of renovation in that time. Uh, when I went there, it was totally different. But originally, when it opened, you didn't stay in the cells; you stayed in like the hallways. And they basically just lined the hallways with all of these bunk beds and you would sleep in the hall on a bunk bed and then you would just keep your stuff in the cells, like your bags and stuff. Uh, when I went there, which was a couple of years ago, you actually sleep in the cell. I stayed on the fourth floor in cell number three, which was a six person cell. So you walk in and there's literally this narrow, tiny door, which is metal bars, which was a cell. It's been blacked out behind with like a piece of black wood so that the light only comes in at the bottom and the top. And then you open that up and walk in and there's two bunk beds right when you walk in, some lockers, and then you turn and then there's what was another cell. They knocked down the wall between it and then they have 
two more bunk beds on one side and two more bunk beds on the other side. And so all six of you are staying together in that one room. And then it locks from the inside and from the outside with the key. So once you're in there, what was once designed to keep people out is now designed to keep people in. So it actually, like, although it gave me a really creepy feeling when I walked in, like I, it was really damp and like, I got this like chill. It felt pretty secure. Like I wasn't, I might've been worried about like ghosts, but I wasn't worried about criminals, like living criminals. (laughs) I should specify that. I wasn't worried about living criminals breaking in or anything like that. Because when you walk in, there's a huge heavy door once you check in and you have to have a passcode to get into it. They change the passcode every day at 10 and you have to go and prove that you're staying there to get the new code. And so you have to put that passcode in just to get up to the stairs then you go up the stairs, then you go to your floor, and then you need a key to get into your cell. So it's pretty secure. Uh, while it was a prison, though, they had solitary confinement, but it wasn't... Like, now solitary confinement, which is bad enough. Like, people go crazy from that now, and mm-hmm. they literally just, like, leave you in a room, like, with a bed, like, by yourself. Yeah. Their idea of solitary confinement was called the hole... And no one wanted to go there because they only ever did this to men, apparently, which doesn't make it any better. But they would strip them naked and chain them face down on a cold stone floor. And then they would leave them there for 23 hours and 45 minutes and then give them 15 minutes to stretch before they either put them back that way or they would send them back to their cells, like depending on if their punishment was over. But basically you would be chained down the whole day given 15 minutes to stretch, and then if you were still being punished, you'd be chained down again. Uh, Also, that was down in the basement uh, where they now have... (laughs) Where they now have the mugshots bar. Fun times. Uh, Also in the basement was where they had quarantine, and they would bring immigrants who came into Canada who they thought were diseased, and they didn't want them, like, mixing with other people. Um, Mm -hmm. So they would take them from... Their version of Ellis, our version of Ellis Island, which I don't remember what it's called. Gross Isle? I have no idea. I think. I don't know. No, that's something different. Either way. So they would take the immigrants they thought had diseases and they would leave them down there. And basically all the people that died from their sicknesses because they were just left down there to see if they would survive or not. They all died and like it was entire families and people say that the energy from those families is still down there and none of them well none of them were convicted criminals they were just immigrants they were just trying to come over for like a new life bro most famous case and people talk about this guy's ghost because he's got a bone to pick because he supposedly is innocent no one can prove it but people really think that he was His name was Patrick J. Whalen. He was from Galway in Ireland, but had immigrated to Canada. Um, He lived by himself after he turned 14, like he lost his family, and then he moved to Canada. And then in 1865, he served in the military fighting against the Fenians, who were the that times basically that times version of the Irish Republican army. So they were fighting against Britain wanting home rule in Ireland. Um, But many people believed, even though he fought with the army against them, that he actually was on their side and they were calling him like sympathetic to the enemy. And that's why he got a bad name for himself and kind of 
basically put a target on his back because people are like, well, he's not really, like, fighting for the for us, for the yeah. British. Like, he sympathizes with the Irish. Like, this guy's bad news. Um, he lived in Buffalo, Hamilton, and Montreal before uh, he was 27, and he settled down with a 57-year-old woman named Bridget Boyle. Cute. It was the Demi and Ashton of their time. Uh, They lived in Ottawa, and he worked there as a merchant tailor. They obviously had no children, because she was 57, but... Um, Then in 1868, a journalist, also an Irish journalist, but he was, like, super, super, like, pro-Britain, he returned to his residence... And he couldn't find his keys. And as the owner of the boarding house opened the door to let him in, a gun went off in the darkness because it was like nighttime. He was coming home and it hit him across the neck uh, and killed him. Wait, who? This journalist, journalist, Thomas Darcy McGee. So he died like right there on, on Spark Street. And they said it was a 32 caliber pistol that shot him. 1800 or 1868 not sure how they knew that specifically but forensics they were good at that (laughs) anyway so yeah so the fenians or yeah the fenians were really like angry with him because he's this pro-britain journalist and he was getting really involved in like the british politics in canada at the time and so they suspected that it was someone involved with them that shot him and he was their top suspect because he was the guy with the target on his back that everyone was like, well, he was a sympathizer even in the war. So it was probably him, but they had like mostly circumstantial evidence and they found that he owned a 32 caliber pistol, but they had no way of like, it's not like now where you can take the bullets and compare them under the microscope and that kind of thing. It was like, Oh, well he has a gun. So he probably did it, but they didn't look at anybody else. They were just like this guy. We don't like this guy. Let's take him in. Oh look, he has a gun. Let's convict him. So he was tried and sentenced, and he was sentenced to hang. So he was on death row. To hung. To hang. To be hanged. Hanged. Apparently when he walked out of the courthouse, he said, I am held to be a murderer. I am here standing on the brink of my grave, and I wish to declare to you and to my God that I am innocent, and I never committed this deed. On February 11th, 1869, in front of 5,000 people, he was publicly displayed and then hanged in the gallows of the Ottawa jail. Fun fact, the gallows are still in the hostel and they're still fully functional. Not that they use them, but you can go see them and that's where he was hanged. Mm-hmm. Um, so they say that a lot of people still think that he was innocent and he was wrongfully convicted and wrongfully killed. And they believe that he is the ghost that most people feel inside the cells when they stay on death row. There is a certain floor and I wish I could tell you which floor it was, but I don't know. But she can't. I can't because I, (laughs) truth is I kept missing the ghost tour when I was staying there because (laughs) 
I would go and have breakfast and then I'd be like, oh, the tour's not till 11. It's fine. I've got time. I'll go shower. And then by the time I showered and like got ready, I'd be like, oh shit, I missed the tour. And this happened every day. Every morning. <laughs> every day for five days. So I never took the actual tour. I just did my own tour. So I don't know which floor was death row. But they say like you, you can stay in the death row cells. You can like specifically request that when you go there. I didn't. I was just like, give me a room. But it's considered one of the most haunted hotspots today. And they say Hot that spot. he will appear at the end of your bed and you can hear his footsteps and you can hear him crying. And there was a guy um, that I found on this website that gave his experience. He stayed specifically in Wayland's cell. He said, it happened during a bus tour over 10 years ago. We were staying in the Ottawa jail. And close to midnight, we were wandering death row with a few others. Inside Wayland's cell, we set up the dreaded definition tool, the Ouija board, for clear communication with his energy. First mistake. <laughs> the board was very active, clearly telling everyone that we were talking with Patrick Wayland himself. The question started out light. How was it like to live in the jail? And we asked him about his experiences. Then getting on the subject of McGee's death, that's when the room shifted. The air got really heavy and everyone felt sudden discomfort. It was so palpable that we left and ended our unofficial investigation. So they freaked out and left, basically. <laughs> Is what you're saying. So, yeah, apparently they have Ouija boards in the hostel. Again, I didn't see these. I probably would have messed with one if I was there. No, I probably wouldn't have. I'm just kidding. Anyway, so his cell is one of the most haunted spaces in Canada. Uh, they hear her noises at all hours. And they can see him walking the cell and the hallways around death row. And again, like, he stands at the end of people's beds. There's been other stories of people sleeping. And they can hear what sounds like keys hitting the bars as they walk by, which people believe was, like, the guards. Mm -hmm. Obviously. Yeah. Um, when you first walk into the hostel, like, after you go through the big door to get to the stairs... There's no windows. It's just this, like, brick staircase. And the actual stairs are metal. And in between the stairs, connected is just this, like, uh, cage, but it's like a metal netting. And basically that's put there to protect the guards because prisoners used to try and, like, attack them and, like, throw them over the the stairs so they put those there to like catch them and yeah I remember being like is this for guard safety or prisoner safety I think it could be for both so like if they try to kill themselves like the prisoners yeah exactly to like prevent them from killing themselves but then I was also like given the time it was built did they care about prisoner safety but like because they wanted to torture them they wanted them to like I guess yeah to like end their life yeah, they didn't want them to, so yeah, have no fun. <laughs> take it away. Okay, so the hole, back to the hole. Uh, a lot of psychics get drawn down to the basement, and apparently the cell that was the hole is near the laundry room. It's the only example left of where men were chained naked to the floor, 
and the rings used for the chains are still embedded into the stone ground. And they said, like, you can go in there and really feel the, like, torturous energy, like, and it's really, like, a negative energy. And they say, like, you don't have to be psychic to feel it. You can walk into that room and be, like, like, bad things happened here. Why is that torture? Laying on the ground naked. I love doing that. No. (laughs) What? You're naked. You're stripped naked. So you're naked. Put down on a cold stone floor. Mm -hmm. Naked. And chained down there. So you can't move. You can't go to the bathroom. Can't do anything. You're face down. Like you, that's horrible. All day. It doesn't sound like, it's like there's so many worse things. Mm, And you're alone and you can't talk to anyone. You're alone with your own thoughts. Think about how scary that is. (laughs) And they whip you. Kill and slayer. Defying gravity. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> and they'd be like, what is this girl doing? I'd just freak him out. Kilo would be like, I need an exorcist. <laughs> they probably wouldn't let you have one, though. So there's also the story of the vampire, which isn't exactly a story. But it's based around a mysterious note that they found in the secret staircase. Which isn't a secret anymore. Which isn't a secret anymore because they found it. Yeah. So the note said, I am a non-veritical vampire who will vanquish you all. One by one, I will ornate your odorous flesh with my famished fangs. But who? Are there 94 or 95 steps to the ninth floor? A book on the top shelf will lead you on the right path. And below the text was a circle with an inverted code that said S3A. So the mystery still needs to be solved. Did anyone find this book on the top shelf and follow it? And insert the code. <laughs> Apparently not, because it's still unsolved, What's as like they the call stairs it. Thing? What does that even mean? He's just wondering how many stairs there are. Are there 94 or are there 95? Yeah. I lost count. There's no ninth floor, though. Oh, okay. That's what's weird. Maybe there is. That's what he's saying. Because there's, it's a four, like, there's four floors of cells and then the basement. So there's... Five f- floors. There's also a main floor, though. So six. So there's six total. So you think? I think. But, like, if you go outside, is it taller than that? No, like, if you look at it from the outside and you're judging on, like, the windows, you would say it's four floors. But if you're not judging on the windows? I'm trying to remember. So you walk in, that's the main floor... Then you go into the staircase, and then there's four floors, I think. And then there's the basement, which has the bar and the laundry room and the common room. So six max, but I think it might just be five. Like, the first cell floor might just be, like, the second floor. But if you look at it from the outside... It looks like it has four. It could could be more? No. Maybe five, because you might see the basement. I can't remember. 
But you're not going to see the basement. The basement's underground. No, but you it has windows. So you, like, see it. Because you go upstairs to get to the first floor when you're entering. So you would see the basement windows below that. So it looks like there's five, including the basement. Like, but even, like, not basement off windows? I would, yeah, I'd still say about five. Obviously not. But apparently there's nine, says the vampire. <laughs> anyway, they still don't know who it is. And some skeptics said they thought it was just a deep-thinking, living person attempting poetry. <laughs> Me. What? Don't attempt poetry about being a vampire that's going to eat people and ask about steps to a floor that doesn't exist. <laughs> it's just very confusing. <laughs> it's not artsy. It's just confusing and strange. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, so some of the rooms there are like the ones I stayed in where it's more like a prison cell. There's just a cell door and, like, bunk beds. <laughs> but they have, like, bigger rooms that they've, like, torn a bunch of cells down and then created them into, like, suites almost. And they're quite lovely looking inside. Quite lovely. Quite lovely looking. Yeah. So when I went there... I really liked it, but it was, I don't know. It was really quiet, like eerily quiet. And like I said, it was really cold and damp. And I just always had this feeling, and I couldn't explain, just like this like eerie chill that I couldn't shake. And I never saw Waylon or anything, and bad karaoke drowned out any sounds that there might have been. <laughs> but I know a lot of people have been there and messed around with the Ouija boards and had experiences, so maybe it's just that I was like, please leave me alone, please leave me alone, please leave me alone, and then they did. And then... I just, I did have trouble sleeping, though, the first, like, couple nights. And then, like, after that, I ended up so tired that I just, like, fell asleep, no problem. But, yeah, I definitely recommend going there. It's a really interesting experience. And uh, if you like ghosts walking around your beds <laughs> and seeing functional gallows... This is the place for you. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone else has stayed there and has uh, personal stories that they'd like to share about hauntings or experiences, please let us know. Hit right. us up. Hit us up. On social media. Social media. We have lots of it. Twitter, we are girls, GG podcast. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash girls ghosts ghouls. <laughs> Thank you. Instagram is also girls ghosts ghouls. ghouls. 
And if you have any recommendations or any more stories like that, Ghouls. you can email us at girls, ghosts, and ghouls, ghouls and ghouls at gmail.com. Yeah. Do, did I miss anything? Oh, our website. You can also just go to our website. <laughs> ah, I'm confused. Yes, uh, www.girlsghostsandghouls.com. Yes. Also, uh, we asked a couple episodes ago about um, anyone that had Ouija experiences that they wanted to share because we didn't have any personal ones. And we were kind of debating whether or not we wanted to indulge, you know? Yeah. Um, and we did. We got a response on Facebook, on our Facebook page. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I liked from it. Kathy. Yeah. So I was just going to let you guys know what she said. Uh, she said she played with a Ouija board in middle school with some of her friends in the basement. And it was really scary experiences. Uh, it moved on its own, and they jumped up and turned the lights on. So they blew out the candles and got rid of the board. Then she said a couple years later, she got a waterbed for her 16th birthday. Yes, what I've always wanted. Oh, my God. My dad used to have a waterbed. I feel like I'd pop it. I'd be like, woo! Actually, our cousin... And my room flooded. Our cousin Nick used to have a waterbed. And he definitely did, like, puncture it. <laughs> and there was, like, water. I remember, yeah, I remember laying on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That was funny. Anyway, um, she got a waterbed for her 16th birthday and moved to the basement. And one night she woke up to find a black clad demon at the foot of her bed. And she was so scared that she could only speak the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm. I'm sorry. Um, after which she claimed the blood of Christ as her protection. And then she never saw it again. And then a year or two later. Like, I know. Sorry. I'm just going to rewind. I know, like, what the psalm is. I just don't know which one that exactly The 23rd. Is. Yeah, I know. Like, I know, like, I know what that means. You know what a psalm is. is. You just I don't know, know what the 23rd one is. is. I got you. I got you. I got you. I know. Same. <laughs> anyway, I couldn't uh, even name uh, any of them honestly, but like I know what they are. <laughs> a couple years later, um, she was playing pool in the basement with her boyfriend. Oh, lucky! And she knocked the light, which looked like a ship wheel, and it had a very sharp pointed brass piece in the middle, and it was tightly fastened to the ceiling. But a few shots later, it landed right where her head had been seconds before. And another one bites the dust was playing on the radio. <laughs> I like the Glee version. Of another one bites the dust? <laughs> and Why did you stay in the basement? <laughs> and she still stayed in the basement. And she actually isn't sure if she has them reverse. So she's not sure if the pool thing happened before she saw the demon or if she saw the demon before the pool thing happened. But either way, it was terrifying. 
And she thinks that she first saw the demon and it got it to leave her, leave her alone. And that it maybe just had enough strength left to do the light thing and almost kill her with the spike that came down. Moral of her story was do not play with the Ouija board ever. <laughs> Especially in middle school. <laughs> when you don't know time. what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> middle school is awful. And high school is awful. <laughs> okay, you simmer. <laughs> anyway, so thanks, Kathy, for that story. Because that, yeah. that was terrifying and amazing at the same time. <laughs> and I may need a Ouija board myself to figure out what is haunting more. Because no. I need something to stop telling me to get out of my car. <laughs> Mom said, says it, tell it, no. You get out. Yeah, her mom was like, just say, you get out. This is my car. And I was like, well, I didn't think of that at the time. <laughs> I was freaking, freaking out. I pay for this car. You get out. <laughs> Plus, it might not be in the car. It might be like. But no beef. And I told my friends, they were like, maybe it was a homeless person sleeping in the back of your car. <laughs> Or inside the car, like where the engine is. I was like, hey, I would have seen them. There's so much stuff in your car. I know, but I have all the seats down. Yeah, they're probably under the seat. You can't be under the seat. (laughs) They're super skinny. They're homeless, Kara. And it definitely came through the static, so whatever. Lies. Anyways. Point of this story is if you guys have any scary personal experiences, Ouija or otherwise, <laughs> please share them with us because we get a kick out of reading them. Cake? Kick, not cake. Oh. Stop thinking about food. Also, did I mention this at the beginning that we lied to you guys and we're not recording in our same place again today? I can't remember if I said that. Do you remember? Why does that matter? It doesn't matter. I just remember at the end of the episode, I was like, we'll be recording next week in our normal place. We're not. But that's fine. We're not in a tent in the middle of the woods. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for... I was going to say watching, but you can't see me. <laughs> Don't. I mean... Watching the, the minutes tick by as we ramble. And I'm trying to do some research to find some scarier stories, because so far, most of the ghosts that we've talked about or encountered haven't had any malicious intent (laughs) really yeah i mean maybe a little bit in the hellfire club but stop taking my necklace (laughs) but otherwise they've been pretty like just annoying and like giving you bad feels but not actually like doing anything to you so i'm gonna find something that's gonna scare us a little more but yeah like key said we're now on spotify 
if you want to listen to us there. We're also on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And also on... Hang on a second. A few more places. Let me keep looking. So many places. Too many places. Just kidding. Never enough. We are also on Radio Public. And I think that's it. Yeah. So, obviously you're already listening to us. But if you want to recommend us to anyone else or you want to switch players, you can listen to us on any of those places. And I want to thank everyone that has been listening and giving us their feedback and shoutouts. It's so appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> Key sounds really enthusiastic about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also wanted to give a shout out to me. Why would I give you a shout out? <laughs> to Tinky. No, where is Tinky? Oh. That's our homeless friend. I'm just that's our homeless friend that's living in my car and telling me to get out. It's my cat. yeah, we let her out. <laughs> I'm confused now. <laughs> Uh, what was I saying? Shout out. Oh, yes. Okay. I wanted to give a shout out to Emma on Twitter at underscore E-W-M-M-A. She likes all our posts and responds and retweets a bunch of our stuff. It's really kind. It's really kind. We love it. Makes me feel good. Thank you. <laughs> it makes us feel loved and appreciated. And to everyone that's been following us on Twitter and sharing our content, thank you so much. You're pretty cool too, I guess. <laughs> you guys are also all right, I guess. Also <laughs> and Emma, we did get your recommendation for the Black Donnellys. And I will be looking more into that. I do know a little bit. You, <laughs> well. You'll find out. Black Donnelly? The Black Donnellys. Oh, I was like, who's Black Donnelly? Not to be confused with the television show, not The Black Donnelly. Donnelly, the black one. Black Donnelly. Why? That's not a thing. I know, that's why I was confused. I'm confused. Me. Anyway, this got out of control. <laughs> but... Moral of the story is, we love you guys for listening and for being awesome. So, thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.